Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yopcast for August 12th, 2019. Featuring new BKP prof Robert Balin leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yop is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill. That's at 61 Bergen Street, off Smith Street, near the Bergen Street FG Stop. For more info and to sign up, go to brooklynpoets.org. This month's open mic lineup featured Ellen Rittberg, Bonnie Belay, Gerald Wagoner, Betsy Gutmacher, Hannah Donovan, Candy Wolf, Harvey Sauce, Marshall Gilson, Arthur Russell, Ricardo Hernandez, Eladio Ledesma, Todd Friedman, Constantine Jones, Laura Murphy, Bill Livingston, Arnav Bavanani, Jordan E. Franklin, Jasmine Pirick, Rena May, Melody Chakali, Jennifer Hart, Jen Ozero, and Kayla Schwab. I'm excited to be back from Brazil to record this podcast. Let's not wait any longer. The Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic for August 12th. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing? That was not great, but I'll let it pass. (laughs) It's August. Thank you. I don't know who that was. Was that you, Robert? (laughs) <laughs> I knew I hired you for a reason. Uh, this is the open mic portion of the Brooklyn Poets Yop. Welcome. Uh, if you were not here for the workshop and you were just coming for the open mic, uh, we are excited to begin. A few ground rules before we start. Uh, as some of you know, we record the podcast as uh, we call it the Yopcast, which you can definitely subscribe to on iTunes and rate us five stars. That would be great if you did that. Uh, but if you don't want to be in the recording, if you are reading tonight, just tell me and we can take you off the recording. No problem. Um, we also vote for poem of the month at every yop, and we do that by audience vote. You wait till the end of the open mic, and you just text me with the the name of the poet. Usually, is the easiest way. So we'll review the names as we go along. The number to vote, I will give it you to you for the first time right now, really slowly or as slowly as possible, and I will repeat it throughout the night. Is seven one eight area code three not three yeah three seven four is that my number three seven four. This is now I have two phone numbers, so I'm like forgetting my old number. This is the business number 718 374 1953. 718 374 1953. Please wait till the end of the open mic to vote. Also, another rule please do not tell anyone who is not at the open mic to vote for you. You understand? Like, you cannot vote. Of course, there's no real way we would know that. But uh, that's just, it's on you. It's on your conscience. We have an honor code. Don't do that shit. Uh, that happened once at uh, the Poem of the Year Smackdown. So, yeah, because uh, I was like, where are all these votes coming from? Um, so, the 12 winners of Poem of the Month over the course of the year, they face off for the Poem of the Year Smackdown. That's coming your way in December. So, uh, these votes are important. <laughs> we want the votes to be uh, sound. We don't want there to be an election fraud. Uh, we've all got the election on our minds. Boy, is that going to be fucking crazy and annoying as it unfolds over the next year and a half. We're sure we're all looking forward to that. 
Um, okay, uh, what else? Three minutes max on the mic. You get one poem. Please do not go over your time or your poem limit. The reason why that's important is because you see we have a packed house here. We have many people on the wait list that would love to get up here. There's people on the advanced list. The advanced sign-up list fills in like half a day, right? So after this open mic ends, that's when the sign-up begins. That sign-up will be done by like 1 a.m. <laughs> so if you want to sign up for September, I suggest you sign up after the open mic ends. But Many people can't get on it. They want to read. They're on the wait list. So, you know, if you read for like five minutes, we're all going to be just be, we're going to be liking your poem less and less <laughs> the more you read <laughs> over three minutes. So please try to keep to your time. Uh, before we start the open mic proper, we've got our feature reader who is our professor tonight, Robert Balin. So give him a big round of applause. <laughs> everyone thank you Jason can you guys hear me with this try to organize this setup kind of let's see <laughs> there we go how about that all right so I have one poem and I timed it it's less than three minutes so I uh, should be good to go <laughs> so this poem is called after image and if you're at the um, little yacht workshop this is kind of totally derivative of the thing that we were doing um, you know in my own, my own way of it, right? So, after image. I fell through the portal into all this, this. It's easy to disappear here or there. I don't remember exactly. I eat the dream, the luster of years shimmer away, molten time seeping from each being. I don't remember exactly passing through the mountains of cloud, a derelict spacecraft, inertia all day, spent looking in the stone corners, pulling up the shadow to get at the time beneath, to try to keep the name that drips from a mouth in deltas of cloud and nebulae, heat and sweat, atmosphered, rippling through a memory of the prism of self, slipping to spectrum, as light sinks through leaves, drifting in matters of sun and season, to look for futures in the expanse of who I meant to claim to be, in the architecture of the event unfolding its dimensional phase space, the house made of dawn, storm dusk, collapsing into refracted skylines, into a name that slips into history. You can still hear the music inside peeling the sun, the excavated legacy, the prayers to the sovereign ego in the static of the live-in deserts, the 12,000-year presence, eyeball grind, weird rain, mutagen, truck routes, flight paths, the loop in the loop in the loop of the making of the making of disaster into spectacle, the fine edge of a day, the house made of spin and spit, centuries dust, a goddamn it's me like a game show. The morning program runs, iterates into the next, next, into the melted, into the wake up subroutine, wake up, look for traps, what banners will come to cover me, what therapeutic pennies, what taken your hair and hexed it. What portal, what void, what umber decades scattered in atmosphere, what you, what me, in the dis dispatches days, years of unstable fragility of these moments, hewn quantum, low bent in the ambient here. Each being passing through, each being slips, you fragment into you, 
A song dissolved in the dawn. Thanks. <laughs> Did you say that was really rich? <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Very good. Thank you. Well timed as well. Uh, set a good tone for the evening. Uh, our next reader is wearing a nice leopard skin dress. Sorry for that random observation. Give it up for Ellen Ripberg. He's a great microphone lower. Anyway, um, I'm going to be reading a portion of my, uh, my a portion of my play. Sabbath Elevator is going to be a Bowery Poetry Cafe, 12:45 September 22nd Sunday. This just um, made it into Great Weather for Media's anthology 2019. It's called, interestingly enough, because of his um, thing, what I think about when I think in my morning commute and you complicit, when we fight sleep. Do we fight death, the, the unaspired to, the thing in the closet that may be alive that isn't meant? And we know it on some level. We know it, the dust ball from disused sweater, a tatter of plastic seen, seemingly teeming, organic, comedic, almost antic, that that great fooler, adrenaline thumper, the choice prime steak, runny pink, I never eat but once did. Okay, maybe thrice, don't think of that either. Not because of any widely held beliefs. The broad births, the broad birth of my beliefs astonish, but just chewing I find arduous, don't know why. My teeth are strong, yellowish like a horse. Is she kidding? No, that was how they judged health in days of yore, or your, let us say your, yes, let's, great word, got to get, got to get the word in play, acquisitive like, got to be in it to win it, thus spaked the New York lottery, A as in affirmation. What happened to that? May I bray, I have the teeth for it, may I construct as tinker toy construction, as well constructed grammatical function, as in you will, you say yes, Yes, don't ask, shall we, politesse? Do I belong here in this here, here, in this eon, mesozoic, paleotropic, never can keep them in order? Not that it matters. Still, there's a critical mass. Thank you. All right, good energy. Good Crocs too. Fashion style. I don't know what. Let's. I should. St I should stop commenting on your outfit. But uh, I notice things. <laughs> uh, our next reader uh, just turned a list poem into a sonnet. She told me, which is definitely an endeavor that more people should do. Give it up for Bonnie Belay. Okay, um, it doesn't have a firm name, but maybe the changing climate. Ash are being killed by emerald ash beetles, trees dying up and down the coast. In July, it was 109 degrees in Paris. The heat moved to Greenland. The ice sheets melted, water flowing like the Mississippi at flood stage. Last year, fire chased tourists into the sea. 20 miles outside of Athens, 
Over 40 died in place, huddled together, not running fast enough. Ah. The cedars of Lebanon withering, fire in the Arctic. Paradise, California attempted to evacuate. The old died in the parking lot of their retirement home. The wall of fire was 200 feet high, two to three miles long. A solitary woman is rescued rolling down a country road in her wheelchair. Cadaver dogs are sent for. Candles flicker. Generations fail. Generators fail. Everyone waits. Flames destroying the dark. Thank you, Bonnie. It occurs to me that generations fail is maybe a better line. Oh, you did? <laughs> well, I didn't hear any of it. If you think I was stealing what you were saying. Because uh, that, that happens, right? Generation, we, generations fail all the time. It's fucked up. Anyway, let's, let's move on. <laughs> uh, our next reader is Jerry Wagoner. Give it up for Jerry. I'm good enough. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, all right. I'm just going to read this. I know. It's a, a star unforeseen. I cannot stop these drifting cloudscapes. I cannot stop the osprey circling above this man-made 30-mile body. If I keep the hydroelectric river pumped ever over a ridge in view, keep the geometry of basalt cliffs simple, there are places I've come where I don't need to go. A tiger swallowtail opens then shuts on a thistle. Atop diesel power four-wheel drive, a sudden coffee shack hands me up my cup. If I keep everything simple, there are places I don't need apricots and apples or wide arcs, only the farm husband from dusty plowing, from dusty seeding, dryland wheat. I accept the glittering lure, implausible blue. The rifle, the clip, with sulfur in the tip. I let the angle muzzle old machinery and tall weeds. I follow a star-nosed, red-arced spark, an object expelled by explosion that ricochets at an unexpected angle into the gloaming. I am in the boat trolling this body for a star unforeseen. On the farm, I am bent low by gravity, visible to old machinery and tall weeds iron stained. It ricocheted, an abrupt obliquity in a dusky sky, a tiger swallowtail, diesel powered, a sudden red taste, trace, a sudden red trace, a ghost, gone.
Thank you, Jerry. Uh, you managed to use gloaming. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. And, yeah. And obliquity in the same poem. Hard to do. I like that word gloaming. It's very uh, old-fashioned now, but uh, well used in your poem. Uh, you know that word crepuscular? Thelonious Monk fans in here? Yeah. yeah. Crepuscule, the noun form. That's how he used it. Crepuscular. Oh, no, he used it uh, adjective. Adge- adjectivally. Crepuscular. <laughs> crepuscular with Nelly. One of his great songs for his, for his wife. I am back. I just wanted... I was trying to establish this early, Arthur, but I am definitely back. Uh, our next reader, longtime Brooklyn Poets student member, give it up for Betsy Gutmacher. Jason, right? Uh, this is a poem I started this summer in Shira Ehrlichman's class, which was awesome, even though I had to drop out. Imagine if I'd only finished it. Um, <laughs> this is called Getting Pizza at the Peep Show. My brother is hungry, so we stop for a peep show. I'm in shorts. <laughs> I'm in shorts and sandals. Five years old, legs dangling, getting ready for the peep show. Eyeball deflect for mica edge. The table is orange, mom is busy, ordering us a pizza at the peep show. Mom puts her coffee down before getting us a pizza at the peep show. My brother leaves to feed the meter, leaves me all alone at the peep show. Over her shoulder, mom says, hot, don't you touch, too hot, too hot, but I can't resist being the center of attention at the peep show. I reach for her steaming white cup. Curtain goes down, curtain goes up, burnt lap, pants dropped, eyes locked with every single person. Getting pizza, getting pizza, and now a peep show. Snoopy underpants around my ankles in the wide open of the peep show. The counter guy wraps ice in a towel. Mom says, she won't even have a scar. When we are all done at the peep show, we go straight home into a cold bath, straight from the peep show into PJs. Years later, I can't seem to shake it. I never got any pizza at the peep show. (laughs) What was the assignment for that poem? <laughs> just to use peep show as much as possible? <laughs> or was that supposed to be like a mistake for pizza? Oh, okay, yeah. I, I respect that. Okay, well done. Pe- I'll never forget that poem. Uh, our next reader is Hannah Donovan. Give it up for Hannah. Thank you. All right. This poem is called North Star. You said the floor was lava, and I believed it. Steadied myself on a doorknob, perched on tiptoes, a meek attempt at ascension from old wood. You recalled a face on the ceiling, a many-armed being, 
a warmth my body could not provide, and I clung to the webbing between words to fill the pit of mystery you clanged around in, fingering blindly for the discovery of your substance. Lava, no. Hollow, maybe. You scolded my morning tongue for sleepily relaying a sour dream, and I checked my mouth for wasps in the bathroom mirror while you kept the cover stirring, your own thoughts buzzing sweet. You told me of my conundrum, a leafcutter ant, self-aware, hauling a load it knows not what for, swallowed by a Sisyphean fate in some remote jungle, the nights too dark for stars, and so, I fastened my weight to your hind legs, our pace slowing to a crawl, my inner compass running haywire, my psyche weakening at the knees, squinting eyes through canopies to glimpse Mecca, closing eyes to trust your north, my echo sounding in your every chamber, throat swelling shut with sting welts. You warned me of your nature, volatile as wave on lava rock. Stubborn as Sisyphus hauling, I believed it. I had seen it. I buckled down, tightened the knots, smashed the inner compass running haywire. Eyes welded skyward, skyward searching, searching for the glint, the hint of a glimmer, perhaps dimly burning, perhaps never born in a sky too dark, too dark for stars. Thank you. Well done. Hannah is a uh, previous winner of Yacht Poem of the Month this year. You won last December, right? Like the first one. So to explain the year, <laughs> It actually begins, uh, the December of the previous year is like the first installment of the uh, SmackDown year. So anyway, I'm sure none of you understood that except those of you that have attended the SmackDown before. Um, good job, you used Conundrum and Sisyphean in the same poem. Also very difficult. Uh, okay, our next reader is Kenny Torres. Give it up for Kenny. As I was saying his name, I was, I was mentally realizing, I don't think I've seen Kenny tonight. Okay, so Kenny, you're definitely not here, are you? Okay. That's true, yeah. Our next reader is Candy Wolf, wearing a hat. Give it up for Candy. Well, this one is called Incomprehensible. When I lived in West Hollywood, my neighbor's teenage son shot himself in the head and died. After an apparent argument with his mother's live-in boyfriend and lover of guns. It was New Year's Eve, and my roommate and I wished the boy a happy new year outside the building a few hours before, and he returned the greeting. The sheriff was banging on our door at about 4 or 5 a.m., asking if we'd heard a loud noise like a gunshot. There was yellow caution tape 
all around the building the next morning. I found and moved to a new apartment in a different part of LA within a month. Thank you. Thank you, Candy. Beautiful poem. Our next reader, did I see him? I saw his postcards. <laughs> Harvey is here, <laughs> yes. Our next reader is Harvey Sauce. He will tell you about his open mic. Give it up for Harvey. an open mic at uh, an historical building called the Montauk Club in Park Slope, uh, right around the corner from the Grand Army Plaza uh, subway station on the third Saturday of every month except August. Um, you're invited. There are generally features. We usually have between five to seven minutes, sometimes more, per open mic reader. I have cards over there explaining our so-called mission statement, right? Uh, feel free to take one. On the back is contact information. Easy to get to, uh, easy to digest. Uh, I think I, I was going to do um, an homage to Lorca called Crepuscular as I would have you be, but <laughs> I, think, I think not. <laughs> Instead, I'll do something that I wrote just before I came here and have been toying with on the subway in here, so we'll see how it goes. How could she have known that I would be the strange thing that I am? What is this we're swaddling, my parents were heard to say. It isn't what we asked for. Anyway, who wants a child with absolutely no crying, except perhaps the purveyors of traditional folk songs, a child who will not be comforted or comfort us, one who will view the rubber duck floating in the bathtub the way a predator might a falcon or eagle preparing to bonsai the floaty toy into a submersible, ready to tear it apart and turned it into an irretrievably sunk yellow submarine whose sinking not even finger puppet beetles could survive. Kiss those asses goodbye, fab four. <laughs> Two down, John and George, Ringo and Paul. Don't look now, but as a Stones fan, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Mine were the terrible twos of Ivan the Terrible, of Bonaparte. I was practically self-sufficient in my silent sulkiness. A low-body fat toddler you might kiss, but who wouldn't kiss back? Then as now I drew attention to myself like a black hole, always a singularity. Kitschy, kitschy, cooing relatives would spot me admiring myself in mirrors and car windows and were suddenly afraid of the event horizon. <laughs> that something wicked this way comes fearing I might chase them or my parents down echoing empty halls of a great abandoned Rocky Mountains Hotel in Colorado's Estes Park like the fee-fi-fo-fum of red drums straight out of Stephen King's The Shining. Certainly, they will tell themselves softly so that I might not hear them seeking an early exit from a birthday party innocently thrown by my mother. This child wasn't heaven-sent. Heaven help her and help us when he is more fully grown. 
although he thinks he's smarter than we are, the we in this case being anyone he comes in contact with, declining to place square blocks in square holes when asked to, round ones in round holes, as a test of his intelligence and perspicacity, even though we know he knows, as indeed I do. <laughs> Is it concerned, friends will inquire, too early to send him away to university? to sleep away, to send him packing for safety's sake. My mother, blinded by love, thinks it is not her last mistake. You can't keep a good fellow down. Of course you can if he's married to a cement block off Staten Island, <coughs> having stubbornly refused the combination to a house safe, or a bad child's true nature swaddled forever. As my friends and I might say, the truth will out if you beat it out. Weekends, I regularly trounced my visiting grandmother at Gin Rummy. By three, I was accounted poker shark of the preschool. By five, I started building my fortune on others' lunch money, strong-arming weaker classmates during recess, collecting and investing the vig on dimes and quarters I lent back out. I suppose you, or at least some of you, took pride in my accomplishments. My mother, for instance. Charlie Manson had a mother who loved him. The devil himself likely had a mother who loved him. Sherman burning his way through Georgia, stomping the pits out of Georgia peaches and the shit out of resistant Georgians, probably had a mother who loved him. So naturally enough, I had a mother who loved me, who stored away in the piano stool under a removable seat pad a collection of awards and medals I had earned in school together with my high school yearbook in which I was accounted by the gang as nobody's fool and most likely to succeed at advanced criminality. <laughs> Mayor, senator, president, or capo da tutti capi. Mm. Proud of my destructive path, as only a mother can be. That's exactly the word that I was going to say. Well done, perspicacity. Um, well done, Harvey. Lots of big words tonight. Um, I don't know what that means. Maybe I'm just noticing it for the first time. Is Tim Gerberfleury here? I'm pretty sure he's not. Okay, good. Uh, we have three people in a row that are not here, so this wait list is starting to look good. Uh, next up, we have Marshall. Is that just is that the poet name, or is there also a last name? You just... Do you just want to say go by Marshall? Okay, give it up for Marshall. Yeah. Hi. Black boy climbs into the gorilla cage to ask for advice. The black boy cranes his neck up at the gorilla, sees a glint of the familiar in the face watching him, feels the fear leave him peaceful as blood, pooling on a city sidewalk, and he whispers, I have so many questions. The gorilla straightens its back, then ask me. So the black boy asks, how do you survive your cage? And the gorilla shakes its head and responds, no one ever survives. 
And the black boy says, you're missing the point. Not at all, says the gorilla. The black boy thinks for a moment, and the gorilla sees the panicked onlookers gathering around the fence, pointing, shaking like the barrel of an unsure gun. And the black boy says, but how do you stay alive? Where do you hide your anger? And the gorilla says, I never hide. And the black boy says, you're missing the point. Not at all, says the gorilla. The black boy notices the commotion outside the gates and says, they're coming to protect me, you know. These hunters have been waiting, the gorilla scoffs. Silly human who believes in protection. These hunters and their bullets never wait. They may make trophies of us, but we are not yet. We are still alive. And the black boy says, but how are you still alive? How do you survive your cage? And the gorilla says, this cage is not mine. And the black boy says, you're missing the point. Not at all, says the gorilla. I didn't choose the cage, I was placed. These people with their wide white faces come to see us dangerous, to watch our hands ready to tear living flesh from a skeleton. We pound our chests and roar as though we are not born of captivity, as though we are not stolen children, as though we do not live at their discretion. They mistake our wailing for anger, but it's pain. The sound of the hell growing too big to be restrained. It's the sound of our demands. They imagine us without chains, but never open the gates. Never want us within arm's length of their fragile necks. Only turn our turmoil to spectacle. They call us animals. Do not mistake the cage for yours. It was built to contain you, to hold you in place for observation. You want to know how I survive? Boy, child, you're missing the point. No one ever survives. You should know this. You're black. Like me, you were born almost dead and have been molting pieces of your alive since. And the black boy says, then where do we go? How do we stop the pain? And the gorilla says, I have only learned one way. Outside the cage, the hunter loads his rifle swings the barrel up slow as nightfall. He sees every part of the gorilla through the sight, its chest, its throat, its temple. The hunter relaxes, takes a deep breath. Well done, sir. Your first time here, yes? All right. Uh, give another round of applause for Marshall. The op debuter. Killed it. Uh, extremely well done. Our next reader, uh, no stranger to many of you. I'll just stop right there. Give it up for Arthur Russell. called Anniversary. I have seen welders squatting inside immense steel pipes lit by arc light, joining steel rim to rim, and watched the seamstress teaching modesty to the split seam of a pants seat. I have observed a tree grow through a chain link fence and marry it over a quarter of a century. Anyone who has found a love letter in a shoebox knows how the glue joins the stamp to the envelope 
and the postmark seals its purpose. The cognoscenti nod in holy unison when the priest recalls the parable of the locks, the eggs, and the onion that were joined that sacramental Sunday when I proposed to you. We are married like Franz Klein's black paint to his gessoed canvas, like Dale Chihuly's breath to the inside of a glass bowl, like the hammer blow that leaves the shape of its force in the dented nail head, like the seed that says I do to the rain and the tonic that opens its arms to the gin, like the hard flat fifth monk raised like a flag at Carnegie Hall in November of 57 that still resonates, however diffusely, around that iron room, like those, my dear, our love. I have never seen anything joined up like you and me. Head of a minotaur, nose on the side of our face, Peter Max rainbow arching overhead, running from the cops, sleeping in the grass, in the nude, on a blanket, wet in the public garden, wet in the pubic garden. We sustain the racket of our eternal argument, coming in and out of phase like sirens on ambulances, filled with Mardi Gras revelers returning to their dorms at dawn. We are sneaky, sane, and secretly loving, and still scared shitless. Do you know what word I'm going <laughs> to? Diffuse? Cognoscenti. I mean, what? <laughs> uh, well done. Um, you're not missing anyone, are you? We'll, we'll have a private conversation. Uh, so let's review, because that was nine readers. A um, bunch of people didn't show up. That was Arthur Russell. Before that was Marshall. By the way, Marshall, you should give me your email address later. Because uh, you never know if, you know, somebody... W By the way, if anyone wins, you should make sure I have your email. <laughs> um, because if you don't give me your email, there's no way I can tell you you won. So that would be the point. Uh, before that, before Marshall, was Harvey Sauce. Before that was Candy Wolf, Hannah Donovan, Betsy Guttmacher, Gerald Wagner, Bonnie Belay, and Ellen Ripberg. Mira Levizau, are you here? <laughs> Our next reader is the fabulous, the first yawper of the year ever. Give it up for Ricardo Hernandez. Yeah! Yeah! Calm Holy down. Shit. Calm down. Calm down. You're going to scare the people. I've had so much excitement. Calm. All right. I'm just going to do a quick one. It's off the bridge. Y'all on the bridge, right? I know y'all on the bridge. Y'all on the bridge? Yep. All right. If you're not on the bridge, you need to get on the bridge. <laughs> All right, yeah. So I got a series called Poet Settlement. Bill was uh, our featured reader this past Thursday. Yeah. He was phenomenal. But anyway, enough about the Poet Settlement. Let's get back to the poems, which this one is called Swallowed by a Poem. It began with the erasure of bed. 
perfectly piled pillows, plucked plot points, linen, evaporated, tarnished words, a smoke-filled room jumping all stands alike. I tried grabbing hold of a line or two, smudge acrostic back into blank cushion, silent the nightmare, but my open palms could only grapple with seeds to plant verse after verse into the field was epic. When they bloomed, ink negotiated thought, no matter how abstract the bop, the blitz, the chanso, or cascade end up being, light couldn't fade in without old sonnets radiating like life-given stars that reside in the dark. Open the gates for peristalsis, reverberate poem, digesting the anagrammatic muck. It doesn't roll like Greg's Fibonacci, 0112358, 13, yet it'll still entrance you all the same. Maybe being trapped in this poem for two years made me a little weird, but hey, we're all a little weird, aren't we poets? But seriously, it's time to wake up. Good ending. So Ricky was at the first yop ever. Yeah. He thought we were like huge. We'd be going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that I think there was like 25 people here for the open mic. Yeah, that was 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Look how far we've come. Look at, look at all you beautiful people. Um, okay, our next reader is Eladio Ledesma. Give it up for Eladio. Um, I wore the shirt last month. I'm pretty sure I have more shirts. So if you've, <laughs> if you've been here and you saw, if, you, <laughs> if you've seen the shirt before, I own many shirts. It's just so happened to be this month that I wear it again. Um, it's Monday. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, this poem's called To the Girl in My English 101 B Class. Um, I don't have the courage to tell you this, so I thought it was fitting to write about you the same way I daydream about you. I've been admiring your liquid gold hair flowing down your head since the start of this semester, how your arms rise like vines trying to reach for the stars whenever a question piques your interest. You have this vibe that you give off that your articles of clothing don't write you off as a bitch, or how a mixture of smoke and mirrors tell more about the magic and mystery that reflect your persona. Now if I could, I would ask your voice out and date your every thought, marry your fingers with mine, and birth a thousand different reasons why we could work. How your mere presence entering the room changes the ambience of my surroundings, how the step in your walk could cripple all the reasons for me to stop chasing. How you make my heart waltz on the surface of my epidermis, and how you cuff my feelings in gridlock like LA traffic. You make me want to wear my heart on my sleeve, and I know this may seem like a simple case of facial infatuation, but I know that your intellect sweats from the extension of your pen. You're probably God's favorite poem being read into existence. You're a double helix, high-priced apartment complex because I'm looking for someone who houses their soul with great care. I'm being sincere when I say I'm rhyming up and down all through the spine of your mind. From ABCs, I want to put your body at ease because fuck the double Ds and fat asses that rival the circumference of the sun. I'm looking for something more rewarding than that. I'm looking at you with God in your skin 
an oasis in your eyes, the smile with the curvature of an upright parabola, a body made out of titanium and a uranium cranium because you're the bomb. And honestly, <laughs> and honestly, you're the, you're the song that, su that is sung in the lullabies and goodbyes. Shit, your favorite book is even mine. The things they carried and the things I carry are hopes and dreams and hopefully we could share a cup of coffee and I can hear more about yours too. I know, I know, that's a, a little cliche, but listen, I want to be the guy that slips his lips in the frontal lobe of your dome to kiss away your nightmares goodbye. I want to run my fingers on the roads of your skin so I know what kind of path I'm taking with you. Look, I don't know much about you and you don't know much about me, but all I can, write, all I can offer right now is a spoken word and a full-hearted promise that getting to know me isn't a waste of your time. Sincerely, the guy in your English 101 B class. <laughs> It's been a pretty boring 101B class. <laughs> yeah, I've taught a lot of those. Uh, nice use of the word parabola. Somehow that got in there, a math term. Uh, our next reader is Todd Friedman. Give it up for Todd. I'm not sure about the title for this, so if you have a suggestion at the end of the evening, you can let me know. <laughs> May you never know what David knew when he covered his face and wept for Absalom, when he wished he had died instead of his son, whom he told his men to treat gently, even though Absalom was trying to overthrow David, and he might have run a sword through his own father. David still wept and called out for his son. I am no David, and my son is no Absalom. But as Absalom weighed his long, thick hair, my son was ever with his blow dryer, which he took in his pack when he ran away right after I took ill. My son, whose sneakers were so important to him, whose pants had to sag at the rear, whose jackets had to hug him at the waist, whose assignments remained undone. But none of that matters anymore. For my son is now somewhere out in the world. And I ask you like David did, please be gentle with him. Good stuff, Mr. Friedman. Okay, next reader, no stranger to those of you that attended our Whitman Bicentennial celebration, give it up for Constantine Jones. How's it going? Can y'all hear me and shit? And shit. Can you hear me? Uh, I'm going to read you a new thing from a, a new project, um, which is called Death Medley Blues. Uh, like a lot of my work, it's dedicated to um, the HIV positive, both uh, those still here and those still not. So this is called Oh Death, uh, which if you know the blues song, here we go. First time I met death, we were both real little, maybe first grade, out behind the music room. I dropped the big rock heavy on a slug. 
The guts flew so far they hit the side of the school. The other kids thought it was gross. I was real embarrassed till death came up beside me real quiet, kind of shy like me, said, it's crazy, huh? I said, yeah. We both just stood there looking down at it. Are you the new kid? I asked. I haven't seen you around. Something like that, death said. Want to be friends? I said, okay. What should we do? I really never really had one before. Death said, me neither. I said, so okay, what are friends supposed to do then? Death said, I don't know, maybe they just do their days together. I said, that sounds good to me. Want to drop another one? Sure thing, Death said. That one looks real juicy. Thanks. Great work as always. Mr. Jones. Okay, uh, we're very close to the end of the advanced list. Uh, we saved the last two spots for our reigning Yacht Poem of the Year winner and Yawper of the Year. So co-winner of Yacht Poem of the Year for last year is Laura Murphy. Give her a big round of applause. Um, we've been having some lovely weather, huh? Uh, this is a pantoum for an August in New York City that we're, is more typical um, than the one we're currently having. Um, heat wave. In the deep end of August, the sun oozes across Jackie Onassis Reservoir. The air is as wet as a bath, crickets set to simmer. By noon, we'll steam like lobsters on concrete. Across Jackie Onassis Reservoir, a chemical rainbow rises as workers travel in slow motion. By noon, we'll steam like lobsters on concrete. The cockroaches will fly across the street. A chemical rainbow rises as the workers travel in slow motion. Taxis wear gasoline halos and shirts cling to breastbones. The cockroaches will fly across the street. And from three long blocks away, I can smell the city pool. Taxis wear gasoline halos and shirts cling to breastbones. The sun tattoos a cipher across silver rooftops. From three long blocks away, I can smell the city pool. The rich people vanish. The heat sticks. The sun tattoos a cipher across silver rooftops. What cru cruelty will the city deliver? What test to withstand? The rich people vanish, the heat sticks like sweaty bodies on a crowded subway car. What cruelty will the city deliver? What test to withstand? I could walk forever here, letting the streets bleed into me like sweaty bodies on a crowded subway car. At the mercy of the grid, shadow seeking, I could walk forever here, letting the streets bleed into me as borders fade and partitions come undone. At the mercy of the grid, I'm shadow seeking when the city shakes and breaks and releases its secrets. Borders fade and partitions come undone, oozing into the deep end of August, the city breaks and shakes and releases its secrets. And I'm falling in love with everyone. All right, let's hear for Leo's, yeah, or not. <laughs> I'm a Leo. I really enjoyed that poem. Any other Leos in the room? Apparently, only Robert. Did you say yeah too? And Hugh. Okay, Jerry. Wow. I was born in Wisconsin, so I'm kind of like a Wisconsin 
No, that doesn't count. No. Yeah, you can't be a cusp Leo. I'm a crabby lion. It's like <laughs> a crabby lion. Is that what you said? Okay, I'll give you that. I like I like a crabby lion. No, no women Leos in here. Oh, okay. Hey, there you go. All right. How did I not? I probably knew that. Maybe I, or maybe I did. I don't know. Hey, happy birthday. Was it August 3rd? No. That's my birthday. Oh, okay. Oh, you're a July Leo. I'm not sure about that. That's also kind of a cusp Leo. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like you probably really enjoyed Bill's open mic because Bill had, like, no banter. <laughs> and, Bill, so before we get uh, to Bill Livingston, let's just uh, thank Bill Livingston again for guest emceeing last month. That was awesome. He did a fantastic job. He also had a lot less BS between the readers, so we got to a lot of readers. So let's give it up to Bill Livingston. Keep it going for Jason. Welcome back. Thank God you're here. Aquarius here. Now, I, I usually don't rhyme my stuff, but... Um, Late one evening recently, I sat bolt upright. This idea came to my head, and I rhymed, and I'm, I made this into <laughs> I made this into a poem song, a, a song poem. Uh, it's kind of experimental, or just mental. You decide. It's called Murder Motel. Well, the night man's asleep. The guests are tucked in their cells. Ah, the pizza's here, but what's that other smell? It's just another evening at the murder motel. Detective Jones is jumping her bones. The wife's home singing to Adele. Traveling salesman watching bootleg porn. Next room over is a bloody hell. It's just another evening at the murder motel. Bank heist was a success. The guy on the floor will never tell. Hey, front desk, my buddy's not moving. I'm thinking that he just fell. It's just another evening at the murder motel. Keep the gun on him, babe. I'm stepping out for some Carvel. Poor bastard bleeding, catching his breath. He just escaped the cartel. It's just another evening at the murder motel. She drops her dress, pulls her knife, but he's under her spell. He sings his confession. His daughter sings Farmer in the Dell. It's just another evening at the murder motel. Someone rings the wrong room. Now she's ringing his bell. It used to be lipstick from his mistress. Now there's blood on his lapel. It's just another evening at the murder motel. Turn off the light. Pull up the sheet. Maybe you didn't hear that yell. 24 is clean except for the bed bugs under the dresser a bullet shell is just another evening at the murder motel it's 4 a.m. the cops are gone and everything is swell if you believe any of that I've got a nice bridge to sell is just another evening at the murder motel is just another evening at the murder motel shh it's just another evening at the murder motel it's just another evening at the murder motel. Paramedics are on their way to the murder motel. Hey, call the coroner. What, again? At the murder motel. It was just another evening. <laughs> at the murder motel. 
Man, what the hell? Is, what is going on? <laughs> What's been going on in your house? I feel like I've known you a long time. I didn't know you had that in you. Yeah. <laughs> no, there is, there is not. Wow. Okay, wow. This is what happens when you rhyme? Jesus. <laughs> Don't rhyme, people. <laughs> you never know what will happen. Okay, uh, we're on to the wait list. Uh, before we get to the wait list proper, <laughs> you probably hate me saying that, before we get to the wait list proper, we have one of our interns we'd like to read. So uh, Arnav is about to go back to college, so we definitely need to give him a spot. Let's give it up for Arnav Bhavanani. Hello everyone. I wrote this poem while I was napping on a kayak in the Hudson, and apparently that's not something you're supposed to do. Um, so I got a swim right after that, and it took me a while to get the kayak back to show, but I had a poem. So um, this one is called The Rule We Follow. This morning I flew to the liquor store Bought that expensive bottle of whiskey I loved because a boy I missed had loved it too. I flew back slowly. A country's wheels flashed while I thought of him. His small room in the corner of the house in our school with high ceilings where we'd smoke and laugh and talk about movies. The dim light through which we'd spitball futures into constellations for warmth each winter, steady fires rising. I locked the bike to a pipe like the one we'd climbed that summer night we graduated the rough rooftop digging into our skin till we staggered up to piss, twin streams catching light from a whole city. The lemon glow sky filled with laughter, loud enough to have no choice but stay, stranded with bugs, knowing that down among the street lamps something angry hunted us. When the sun rose, we hugged the way we made fun of our friends, with no remorse, his hands in my hair like the love it wasn't, a smile I didn't see that told me exactly what it was. Right, yeah. Good nap. <laughs> Did you say you wrote it while you were napping? <laughs> because that would be a skill that I would like to have. Uh, we're on to the wait list. Uh, is Jordan E. Franklin still here? All right, give it up for Jordan E. Franklin. Madness, m m madness is a radio, radio, radio. Psh, stop. <laughs> In 
in my head, buzzing, ripping across the surface, the synapse, the wires, gears churning, jutting out noise, octopus sounds, voices, static, quiet, static, hip-hop productions of the Bach Quartet, a third, no fourth movement, melodies like a Rorschach test, the pitter-patter of fine nonsense above the eyelids and below the matted crown, flicker on go the lights, one, two, three, four, louder, perfection, crisp, clear stations fluttering, bang, bang, bam, fuck. I am a radio on all times of day, never ending, never quiet, no, quiet inside, must never be quiet, static, quiet, static. Silence. Batteries expired. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. It's your first time here, too, right? All right. Give her another round of applause. Yop debuter. Well done. Our next reader, I do believe, has been here before. Give it up for Jasmine Pyrrhic. Hi. I came uh, last month. It was my first time, and I was just telling Kim I feel like it's been months since because I've been so excited to come back. So thanks for welcoming me. me. Also, I'm recovering from a cold, so it's, hopefully I make it through this poem. Okay, it's called Try. From the old French trier, meaning sift. Sift, sift as in sort, trying to find, digging through dirt, looking for gold or something of value. Shift, shift as in change, move, maneuver, but also shift as in work, or maybe even shifts as in multiple, more than one, many a week trying. Trying to pay the bills, find the love, lose the weight, win the fight, play the horn, stay afloat. Float is in rest. Rest on the surface of water. Surface of water. No matter how smooth it looks, the propeller must stay spinning. Above the sea line, there's no sign of strain. Strain. Strain is in struggle. Tie, bind, fasten, draw tight, compress, stretch, press, press together, one foot in front of the other, attempting as in make an effort. Test, experiment, practice, perform, move to, toward. Toward as in the direction of, coming to, approaching, seeking. Seek as in look for, trying to find, not there, not perfect, not arrived, but becoming. Float, just kidding, but becoming. 
Becoming, as in happening, coming about, befall, meeting, approaching, on the way. Will we ever get there? Who knows, but is that the point? Once you arrive on the shore, you are no longer sailing. Thank you, Jasmine. By the way, is it, is it Pyrrhic or Pirate? Pyrrhic. It's Pyrrhic, okay. Like Pyrrhic victory, that's true. Spelled differently, though. Do you guys know that word Pyrrhic? Should have a crepuscular Pyrrhic gloaming. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've been away. A I've been away a while. <laughs> Our next reader is Rena May. Give it up for Rena. Just make it an excerpt because um, I didn't ca I didn't read all the details, so it'll just be an excerpt. But um, I I think it's my personal mission statement to um, call attention to tiny things and represent them, and so this is part of that initiative. This is called "Once I Was a Wing." I once made a bathing suit out of butterfly fabric. Butterfly fabric, not real butterflies. Though looking at it, you would never know the difference. Their wings were golden, <laughs> and the backdrop cream. Little lace lines of black traced the edges of their patterned bodies, as though pinned to the inside of the hunter's glass box. Open, clean, spacious, articulated, available, equipoised for view. They were caught in that moment just beyond the apex of a flutter when the surface area of their fragile form unfolds to the periphery, holding nothing back to be enjoyed by our melted, wanting eyes. Whirling pools of blue fraught with desire underneath a sky that melted the same. It all worked out quite nicely, the butterflies and I. They covered up my tender places and only came slipping away when we were both safely held in the ocean, warm, translucent, foaming, fleeting. The top was like a harness and the bottom, a side wrap skirt that might flop this way and that, a perfect combination of boundaries that didn't uphold an unadulterated freedom, exposing and shrouding, exposing and shrouding with the rhythm of waves. I liked the exchange as though we kept a well-kept secret, shared a well-kept secret that reaffirmed the budding intimacy of our relationship. So coquettish and new, the butterflies and I. <laughs> we danced all over the block. My pentagram sunglasses pointed the way. Up. There's two more parts, I'll just cut it there. <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> she looked right at you, Candy, I noticed. 
<laughs> I don't know what that was about. <laughs> my pent, my, yeah, <laughs> maybe. My pentagram sunglasses pointed the way. Wow, it's sort of terrifying. I'm not sure why. <laughs> okay, uh, we are on to our next reader. Obviously, <laughs> our next reader is Melody Chaikali. Give it up for Melody. Hello. Um, so this poem is called, Syria, Are You Free Yet? You run from us, calling us terrorists, but we're the ones running from terror. Scared to death of us, but we're the ones dying. The lands of opportunity closing doors in our faces, while our hearts remain open with hope. Hopelessly holding on to each other, to a future where we can rebuild our home, painting homes with the brown from our skin, where brown no longer raises a red flag, and losing everything can make us more than this nothing that we've crumbled to, just like our cities, broken into pieces, but we only want peace. Like the way my insides shattered, losing myself while trying to find my lost uncle. Can we borrow your home? We've lost every bit of ours. If our roots are destroyed, how are we supposed to grow again? Done melody. Is it is it Chaikali, by the way? Chaikali. Okay, good to know. Our next reader is Jennifer Hart. Give it up for Jennifer. Um, I am also sick, so good luck, everyone. Um, <laughs> Also, just fun, because I'm stuck between two poems. One or two? Two. Great. Perfect. Let me go back to that one, then. Okay. <laughs> Too late. This is, you're stuck with this. Funny enough, it's called Pick a Title. <laughs> Did you feel celebrity or 16 when the bars let out and your kiss held witnesses? It's July and Jesus Christ do all the faces come out. Oh, I can't take his name in vain again today. God, it's been a day. But back to these faces. Dinner guests, the Sandman, a proxy. The eyes match with memories. I was soft when together we waded into time slowed red current and we swam back to separate shores. I'll wave next time when we both kneel at the river's edge to drink. I never ask please, but continually beg on paper and poetry narrative pins. Please, I'll whimper. If I throw in a rose or a metaphor with lavender, will this poem have the trend of a Brooklyn iced coffee and a $5 worth? Pick a title and write a sermon. Options include, to witness the creation of debris, I swear I only strongly like the Muppets, or what a year and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> I'm not texting, I'm just tweeting. <laughs> I swear I only strongly like the Muppets. It's a very, very strange thing to say, but, but amazing. <laughs> so did you hear that Instagram got rid of the like count? Did you all notice your, your precious Instagrams have lost the number of likes? On 
I like you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you look at your uh, post, you can't see who, how many people have liked your post anymore. It's hopefully we'll, yeah, hope, hopefully, yeah, hopefully this will prevent some, you know, all the shit that happens. People get so obsessed with Instagram, it's ridiculous. Not that any of you are obsessed with Instagram, I'm sure. Okay, uh, enough banter. Uh, let's go on to our next reader. <laughs> our next, our, yeah. <laughs> You're so mean to me. Our next reader is Jen Ozzarell. Give it for Jen. Thank you. Um, this one is called The Jetty Three Quarters Out, Provincetown. I've walked on these rocks before, all the way once, with my son. Four or five years ago, he in his Gilligan hat, puppy feet, his shoulders still, downy, fragile wings. He was lopy and easy on the rocks. I trailed behind, watching him warily as if he would be the one to stumble or falter. I remember the tide was coming in as we walked along, as we walked across. By the time we got to Long Point, the water was rising confidently, and I became afraid we wouldn't be able to get back to shore. Walking this morning, I was afraid to, sometimes, less more of the incoming tide, and more because I could feel my advancing age, how I hesitated at the spaces between and had to plan ahead for a slope or an awkward angle. I talked to myself, used the soothing voice you can do this, and what are you so scared of? And I instructed and listened to the voice now, wiser with age and experience, she said, looking ahead. Remember, sometimes you have to either step carefully or jump. Keep your eyes open. Don't let yourself drift into reverie. Pay attention to this moment, your feet on the ground. You've been in much scarier situations than this. Crossing the flat-topped rocks, a few shaped like massive ox heads, and one that was a whale, darker gray than the others, covered with lichen that passed as barnacles. There was also the other lichen that caught my eye, more saffron than mustard, clustered and seeming to be having its own celebration of color and enjoying the sun on its back. I appreciated the piles of clamshells dropped by the crafty gulls from above, remnants of their salty picnic, unknowingly making the shards into offerings to look at as I walked, parsing one sneaker in front of the others, enjoying the shells caught among the ridges of the rocks forming the smiley faces, the archipelagos, the one shaped like a cape this cape, the one that feels like home. <laughs> that is the one I was thinking of. Great poem, Jen. One more reader we have time for. Give it up for Kayla Schwab. Yeah. 
Shout out to Joe for encouraging me to read. I'm glad she did. I know. Um, this is an older poem from a project I started a few years ago. It's sonnets about New Jersey. Um, and I was on the fence about reading them um, because they're older. But then Robert read a William Carlos Williams poem. And I was like, eh, all right, I'll go for it. It's meant to be. So this one is called at the Gatsby Salon in Greenbrook. The women in New Jersey place more trust in Peggy at the local hair salon than in their husbands and boyfriends. They must feel comfortable enough to tell the one with scissors in her hands the latest news around the town. Shout, oh my God, you won't believe what Sharon wore to church. They use any excuse to go. The husbands don't question that whether their roots must be treated every four weeks versus every six, or if a French manicure is worth the price when it chips within two days. They're seated in cushioned chairs beneath the hot lamps for hours, sipping coffee, giving bad advice. All right. Thank you, Kayla. Sonnets for New Jersey. Uh, I don't know why that's funny, but it does seem to be funny. Uh, I don't know if that says more about New Jersey or sonnets. Okay, let's review back through the list. I will give you my number now, and then I'll give it to you uh, several more times. So the number to vote for Poem of the Month is 718-374-1953. The easiest way to vote is tell me the poet's name. Hopefully you remember their poem. <laughs> that was Kayla Schwab. Before that was Jen Ozero, Jennifer Hart, Melody Chekali, Rena May, Jasmine Pirick, Jordan E. Franklin, Arnav Bhavanani, Bill Livingston with the Murder Motel song, <laughs> song poem, Laura Murphy, Constantine Jones, Todd Friedman, Eladio Ledesma, Ricardo Hernandez, Arthur Russell, Marshall, uh, Harvey Sauce, Candy Wolf, Hannah Donovan, Betsy Gutmacher, Gerald Wagoner, Bonnie Belay, Ellen Ritberg. Did I not? I called everyone, right? Okay, so 23 readers until you can see. See, I can get through the wait list too. Goddamn. 718-374-1953. Wait, did you ask me a different question? You can. Yes. Please do. <laughs> 718-374-1953. Uh, so. The what are my announcements? The next yop comes your way in September. What is the second Monday of September? The ninth? Are you are you like like you're looking at your calendar right now? Okay, so September 9th <laughs> will be the next yop. Laura Laura Eve Engel will be leading that one. Many of you know her. She uh, is teaching a workshop on poetry and humor, which is a very necessary workshop because a lot of people get that shit wrong. So she's gonna set you all straight. <laughs> Come to that, yup. Uh, but before that, in fact, next Monday, I almost forgot this, August 19th, we will be back in this very room on this same night, the same start time for our summer workshop showcase. This is the group reading of our students and faculty from the summer workshop. I mean, not all of them, but some of them. <laughs> they will be here. It's a celebrator celebratory evening. It's free. It's great. Uh, the poems are amazing always. So if you, especially if you're interested in workshops, you've never taken one, definitely come check that out. You can meet some of the other students, some of the other teachers. Uh, and... That is all the announcements I have the energy for. So uh, thank you for coming. And, uh, you know, via Brazil, go Cleveland. <laughs> That's it. <laughs>
So, there you have it. The Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic for August 12th, 2019. Thanks to our new professor, Robert Balin, for leading a wonderful workshop and kicking off the open mic. Robert is teaching a really exciting new class for us on uh, what he calls the mythic mundane. And it's a class focusing focusing on observational writing practice. This is a workshop that begins on September 26th and runs until October 24th, Thursday nights from 6.30 to 9.30 in Bushwick. You can find out more about this and register for the workshop at brokenpoets.org. $15 off during early registration, which ends September 8th. And if you're listening to this podcast before September 1st, there's still time to apply for a fellowship to take the workshop for free. Those applications are due September 1st. Congrats to Yop debuter Marshall Grip Gilson for winning our August Yop Poem of the Month award for his incredible poem, Black Boy Climbs into the Gorilla Cage to Ask for Advice. Marshall definitely, uh, you can tell, has experience uh, reading his poems out loud. Pretty sure he's a former slam champion or has uh, won various slam awards just from looking at his website. Uh, really impressive guy. Uh, Marshall has earned free admission to a future yop and a spot in our Poem of the Year Smackdown, which gets closer with every yopcast. That is coming your way on Monday, December 9th, so put that on your calendars. Our next yop comes your way. On September 9th, the second month of the month, as always, another new professor, Grace Shui Liu. Uh, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that name because I didn't ask her uh, before this podcast how to pronounce that last name, but it's spelled L-I-E-W. I'm just going to uh, make an intelligent guess that it's uh, Lu. Grace Shui Liu is teaching the YOP workshop and kicking off the open mic as usual. And Grace is teaching another new workshop for us, a level two workshop on my favorite subject, the poetic sequence. That is a really exciting looking class that starts on November 3rd. But if you want a sneak preview of that, come to the YOP on September 9th and uh, see what that's all about. Thank you for listening. Thanks to all of you who continue to rate us on iTunes. It means a lot. We are up to, I think, 26 five-star ratings just a beautiful thing keep them coming uh check out brokenpost.org and sign up for the op there 61 local september 9th pretty sure i've repeated this information a thousand times uh i am glad to be back in new york in brooklyn and uh we will see you on september 9th